I'm Kaya. And I'm Yasmin. And we're two mixed girls processing this crazy world that we live in. Welcome to the Mixed Feelings Podcast. That's how you know it's season three. Sip your green tea. Exactly. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome. So let's just start off by letting everyone know. This is not the same podcast. No, it's completely different. We're doing things different. Yeah, we received some really awesome feedback. You know, and we have definitely learned from it. We've taken it all in, and we are ready. We are, we're real ready. So I think just to, to give all of our OG original fans mm-hmm. a heads up, mm-hmm. this season we've got segments for y'all. Yeah, it's, it's got little sound bites. That'll help us. It's really for us. It's for all of us. Hold up. Yeah. <laughs> Hold up. Y'all are going to love these. We put our soul into these. <laughs> Can we just talk about it too? We spent so much time on these and we were so hard on ourselves the entire time. Well, because, okay, I don't think they're going to be impressive to anybody who's like an, a sound engineer right. or an audio tech. They're going to know right away. They're going to be like, this is bogus. This is foo-foo. Amateur shit, but it's fine. It is definitely some amateur shit, but we love it. Because we didn't want to pay for our own sound effects, so we made them. Yeah, we didn't know how to. Um, although, shout out to Anchor for um, letting us use some of their sound effects. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that's another thing. We're going through new a new platform called Anchor. Yeah. We've done a lot of work um, on ourselves. We really like, especially for this first episode, um, we're going to be talking about mixed and um, being multiracial and like loving all of yourself. And we tried to record this episode five times. Yeah, and yeah. it was tough. It was. It was really tough to do it. But you know what? Six times the charm. The sixth time is the charm. And we've got these segments, and it's going to be real fun. Can't wait. Let's just jump into it. Let's do it. Don't get it mixed up. Yes. So this first segment, Don't Get It Mixed Up, mm. is where we're going to break things down for you. We're going to give you the definition. So since we're talking about... Uh, mixed people. We're talking about biracial and multiracial identities. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and lay down the definition first, Kaya. Yeah, and we use these interchangeably. Well, some people use them interchangeably. Um, so multiracial, mixed, biracial um, are referring to people who identify as belonging to more than one race or ethnicity or whose racial slash ethnic background is comprised of two or more identities. Mm, snaps for that. Yeah. Um, but we say we're mixed. We do. Which I think is kind of distinct. Uh, Because not all multiracial people, biracial people identify as mixed. Yeah, actually, I think um, some people even looked at it as a derogatory term. Mm -hmm. You know, it's uh, saying that you're... Because, you know, mixed is also, like, confused or mixed up. You know what I mean? Don't get it mixed up. Don't get confused about it. Right. And when you're mixed, you might be somewhat confused. Yeah, so that's exactly actually why I self-identify as being mixed. Because I thought that... Um, if I said I was biracial, it kind of made it seem like I'm split, Mm. you know, Yeah. like I'm half and half, which I hear a lot of the times, like a lot of mixed people will be like, oh, I'm half this and half that, Mm -hmm. which is great. And I totally get it. Um, because I definitely said that. Oh yeah. I've said that too. Yeah. But then, um, some, someone, I don't want to name drop them, uh, but somebody who used to be in, um, the student group with me told me and the rest of the group that they had a mentor who was like, don't do that. You're 100% this and 100% that. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that's when I was like, you know what? 
She's right. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I still don't really feel that for myself personally. And maybe I would if I, I don't know, maybe I would if I lived somewhere else or if I had two, two separate, I don't know, if I had a different racial identity or different racial makeup, maybe I would. But for me, I still just, something about claiming white, I just, it doesn't feel right for me. I think when I, like, I don't feel that I'm claiming that by saying I'm 100%, which might be what's the part that's holding you back too. Because mm. I think, like, for me, it's just saying that I, I was getting so caught up in trying to figure out the exact percentage mm. of my multiplicity. That's true. Yeah, you can't get caught up in that. Right. When it was just like, no, I'm fully this and I'm fully that. Like, I'm, I'm not anything that's, I'm a whole piece you know I do claim being Italian though shout out to Italy <laughs> okay <laughs> I am Italian and Lithuanian I claim that too wow see that's where I feel like that's like for me it's like okay now we're really getting into the percentages of stuff which is going Ooh, what was that girl I don't know is someone gonna kill us sounds like a sword fight sounds like like the beginning of a horror film um but just to like keep it rolling, uh, there's this really cool book written by a person who um, is black, African-American, and Danish. Um, it's The Girl Who Fell from the Sky by Heidi Duro. And I like what she says about it. It's pretty interesting just the way she articulates it. She um, thinks of herself as entirely African-American and also thinks of herself as entirely Danish. She calls herself a... F- Calling herself a 50-50 mix would imply that her identity is split down the middle, um, which is kind of how I feel about it, too. Like, she was saying that I'm not interested um, in mixed-race identity in terms of percentages. I don't feel like a lesser Dane or a lesser African-American. I don't want to feel like I'm a person made of pieces, mm. um, which for me was kind of the start to this whole topic. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's really interesting. I do like the way that she claims being a Dane, right? And, and that's interesting, too, because... Danish people that's more of a nationality than a race from my perspective so I feel that I totally feel that you shouldn't have to claim your nationality or your race I feel like those things they go hand in hand basically honestly to be real okay so this part of the segment is like the main theme yeah Like, what are the implications of being multiracial? What does it imply? Yeah, so we already talked about um, some challenges that we have just personally um, being mixed. Right. But this episode, I really wanted to talk about, like, the great things about being mixed and, like, things that we love and things that are huge advantages to our multiracial identity. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, so here's what I think the main takeaway from this podcast is. Um, that multiracial people need to be allowed to love their entire selves. And I think doing that is really having to talk about it. Um, For a lot of us, it feels like we don't really get to think about or or let alone share out loud the things that we love about being mixed. Yeah, that's really true because I do think, um, especially being like black and white in America, it's like you kind of have to choose a side, Mm -hmm. you know? And like there's a historical reality to that too, you know? Either people... um, if they were white passing, then they would claim their white identity. Or if they were black and they looked black, then that was it. That was that was who they were. 
So yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, and actually now um, from a Pew survey, this is where I'm getting this info because people like the facts. Um, 61% of mixed people don't identify as multiracial at all. And half of those people identify as the race they most closely resemble. So what do the other half do, do you think? <laughs> maybe those the other half just don't even think about it. You know, maybe. Yeah. Especially for... Uh, and I don't know why this came to my head, but if I was, like, white and Asian, maybe, like, my perception of race would be, like, uh, maybe it's not so important if I'm surrounded by white people. Well, I know black and white people that are like that, too. You're absolutely right. Yeah. It's hard for us. So, like, uh, we have to say this because people take everything we say so literally. Here's the huge caveat to this episode. We are basically talking about our perspectives when we're speaking and when other people are speaking they're speaking on behalf of their perspective so yeah definitely like we we're not npr yeah and we only know (laughs) what it's like to be black and white yeah and we only know what it's like to be black and white in minnesota in predominantly white schools yeah well even we were both in different suburbs so Mm -hmm. we have very different there's a whole you should know by now nuance we're we're all unique (laughs) (laughs) okay do you care? Do you care? Do y'all care? Okay. I love that. There's literally a gong in our podcast now. It's so necessary. It really is, you know? Um, the whole point of this segment is to really dive deep and figure mm-hmm. out, hey, do y'all care? Right. You know? And why we care. Yeah, why, why are we even talking about this? Right. Like, what, what moved us to talk so deeply for now three episodes about <laughs> biracial mixed multiracial identities. Yeah, well, because I thought like, especially if you're not mixed and you're just hearing, you know, our first part, or I guess first two parts about being mixed, it's like, damn, these people can only complain. All I got to do is say crappy things, yeah. you know? Yeah. And like, that's just not even the full story um, because like there's a time to talk about like all of that. All the hard things. Yeah, no. And to, to repress ourselves and to not talk about the challenges of being, you know, black and white, that would be doing a disservice yeah. to, to our personal experiences, to our personal life stories, right? Mm-hmm. Because you and I especially have experienced a lot of like, a lot of hurt around those topics because it's tough already going to a predominantly white school as a woman of color. Right. But it's even more difficult when you're like, oh, but I'm like, halfway there like I'm halfway to your lunch table because I'm half white but like you were saying earlier like it's no it's not that simple you're not half white yeah and I think there's also a time to like praise our our mixed identities and celebrate it yeah certainly I mean I definitely do see it as a strength being biracial because I do I have access to so many perspectives and I have access to lots of different experiences because of it. And I don't have to fit myself into some tiny little box because it's like, if people are like, you're black, you can't do that. I can be like, Haha, joke's on you. No, I'm not. Speaking of boxes, <laughs> um, this we're going to go into a little bit of history now. Mm. Uh, I didn't know the exact date, but in 2000, the U.S. Census changed um, where you could actually check more than one box for your race. And you know, that makes sense because I feel like it was probably around like the hip hop 90s when the mm. white girls started making their way into the, the ghetto <laughs> to, to find their mates. And voila, 
you have people like us making a podcast 20 years later. But it started way earlier than that. It did, but you can't lie. There has been a rise, an increase in our visibility. I think definitely, yeah. And I don't know uh, if that's due to social media or... Because at the same time, like... I think people don't realize how represented mixed people actually are because so many of these celebrities and and just famous people in general are identifying as one still. Like mm-hmm. Barack Obama. How can I how mispronounce? I say it so well. You better put some respect on Obama's name. Barack Obama. Yeah, that fine man. The first black president of the United States of America. <laughs> actually, who's mixed? Actually, actually, <laughs> he's ours. He's ours. <laughs> Just kidding. He's for everybody except for racists. <laughs> they don't want him no way. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're definitely right. Um, I, I don't know if it's just social media or if you can also say it's like due to our changing world, you know, like us evolving as people. Right. Because I remember when I was like a kid, all of a sudden I'm seeing like, little mixed girls in the Target ads or little mixed babies on the, the diaper yes. ads. And yeah. Yes. Or do you remember that Cheerio commercial? Yes. The Cheerio commercial? That just like, came out. No. Or, n- no. The one with the black dad and the white kids? No. Mm. Wait, it was a black dad and white kids? Cheerio is doing something. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was probably like early 2000s. It was like, um, it might have been a white dad and a black mom. I don't remember. But they had a mixed baby and they're like all eating Cheerios together. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Oh, yeah. And I remember that being like one of the first times on TV that you saw like an interracial family, which I think is really dope. I do think it is really beautiful seeing interracial families. Mm-hmm. I think my my trouble is more so with, you know what? You know what? I don't got no problems. Your turn. Nope. <laughs> but like we, I guess I looked this up. Um, are about 7% of United Statians, so. What? Yeah. 7%? Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I like know. that number. Yeah. But, you know, that's, like, including all people who are multiracial, um, so. Yeah, but no, I, I really like talking to people who are multiracial or biracial, and they're not the same, like, makeup as me. They're not black and white. They're something else. Um, because yeah, like switch it up. Like yes. Be creative. Be unique. Right. Because all, <laughs> do something different. <laughs> no, I just think, first of all, they tend to be very beautiful. Like they tend to be just like super attractive in a, in a non-fetish way, as much as I cannot fetish that. <laughs> but like also on top of that, they seem really like well-rounded. You know, okay. I, I'm going to validate everything you're saying, um, to put a little like weight on it because I looked that up um and we're gonna include this like so we actually have a blog um which we haven't been blogging at all so but this is actually important because we're gonna give like a whole bunch of resources for this episode and one of them was my therapist gave me this magazine that had like an entire article on being mixed and they talked about like the physical attractiveness Mm. and they also talked about like being well-rounded um like within which is kind of ironic because at the same time, like you feel broken because <laughs> you're mixed. Um, but like feeling well-rounded in keep it going, <laughs> distraction. Um, feeling well-rounded just within your abilities, really. Mm. You know, like you already know you're more than one thing, so it's okay to be something else. Yeah, you know, I could definitely see that. Definitely can see that. Mm-hmm. What else did you learn? Um. 
Well, I didn't learn this recently, if that's what you're asking. Just go ahead and tell me. <laughs> Just go ahead and tell me what you want to say. You're looking at me like, um, you're not playing along. <laughs> Um, I wanted to talk about just more like history because yeah, yeah. I, when we were talking about this, like I wasn't sure what was common knowledge and what wasn't. Yeah, that is really true because sometimes you live in a box where you're like, oh, you, you don't know what it's like to be a biracial woman from Shakopee, Minnesota, born on June 5th, 1997. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, oh, what's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forget that not everybody knows what's going on in my head. Right. And especially because it's like every mixed experience is very, not... Everybody's, in general, everybody's so, experience yeah. is so different. So yeah. it's it's tough to even just, you know, limit that to being biracial. Obviously, there are layers to that. Right. But, yeah. But I wanted to talk about the one-drop rule. Because I was thinking, like, it's so interesting that most multiracial people don't identify as multiracial. And why is that? And is that why... I have such a hard time talking about the things I love about it Mm -hmm. because it's like I haven't put language to that process yet. No, you're absolutely right. There's historical reality to the fact that the one drop law was a thing, you know, in in one state, if you had one sixteenth of African-American blood in you, Mm. quote unquote, African-American blood in you, then you were considered full black. But you can hop over to the next state where they had like the Octoroon laws where it's like one eighth black and all of a sudden you're white there. Right. So it's really, yeah, no, there is so much nuance. And just because, you know, those aren't our laws anymore, that doesn't mean that there's not still an effect on us as humans. Cause I think that was like Plessy v. Ferguson, right? Wasn't that, yeah. it had to do with that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, there's definitely historic reality to the fact that it's like in this country, if you have any black in you, any brown in you, you have tainted your whiteness and now it's not yours anymore. Right. And actually, like within that same Pew survey, one in five multiracial adults reported feeling pressure to claim just a single race, while nearly one in four said sometimes they're confused about what they are. Ooh, yes. I definitely felt that. So I would def I don't think that this made it to the last episode, mm-hmm. but I told you about how when I was growing up, I tried to um, like make a new word for myself, for my racial identity, made out of two slurs. So you did say this. I think we deleted it. Did we delete it? Are you sure? Yeah, I don't think that it's out there for the do public. You, do you want to say it now? Did you change Hell, your mind? Yeah, I want to tell the people oh, what okay. I used to call myself. Go ahead, go ahead. I used to call myself a Kriga. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just about the worst thing you could ever call yourself. But I thought I was the coolest thing. I thought I was the cat's meow, the bee's knees because of this terrible word. That Wait, I can you myself. break it up? Because people might not know. If y'all don't know y'all, okay. So if you take the word cracker <laughs> and you add it to the word nigga, <laughs> you have a kriga. So that was me. I took the, you know, the worst words you can call each of those races and I put them together and I claimed them on Twitter. See, this is why this is really important because it's like, we don't, we're not surrounded by enough people who are encouraging us to talk about how lovely it is to be mixed in like a really, um, like genuine way without like a weird fetishization part to it, you know? Yeah. Cause it certainly was a weird fetishization and you know, I, on a way less extreme level, you know, I grew up around a lot of different multiracial people. Um, and 
a couple people I knew, they were black and Asian and they would always call themselves Blasian, which I think is actually really cute. I really like that term, Blasian. Um, but it's interesting how we, we do, we come up with our own ways of defining who we are. Yeah, so I've been reading this. That was the sound of my book slapping together. <laughs> um, I've been reading Why Are All the Black Kids Sitting Together in the Cafeteria by Beverly Daniel Tatum, um, which is a really great book. It's yes. pretty dense. Uh, but I want to just read a little excerpt of that because I think it speaks a lot to why you probably had that experience. Um, but she goes on to ask, uh, like, presentations or in her classes, um, like their memories, their early childhood memories of race and their self-racial identification. And um, instead, like, of asking them, like, for specific memories, she asked, like, what emotions they felt, um, like, attached to those memories. And she says, participants use such words as anger, confusion, surprise, sadness, embarrassment. And she says that, noticing that this list does not include such words as joy, excitement, delight, um, too often the stories are painful ones. Then she asks, did you talk to anyone about what happened? Did you tell anyone how you felt? It is always surprising to her to see how many people will say that they never discussed these clearly um, with anyone. And why not? Had they already learned that race was not a topic to be discussed? Yeah. And I, yeah, I just think like that really sat with me because that's why this episode is so important to me. Yeah. Like we, as multiracial people, need to be so vocal about our love for our identities for the sake of other multiracial people who also need that. That's really true. I do think that if I would have seen more representation from like adults who sat proudly Mm -hmm. in their identity, you know, I probably would have grown up a little bit differently, but you know, it's hard for, it's hard for you to learn that kind of behavior when you're surrounded by other multiracial people who are also experiencing the same confusion and misunderstanding of race. And almost always that is attached to their non-white identities or like the the darker identity, right? It's like this this sense of shame or fear or not understanding, not fitting in. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. You're welcome. And I think you're welcome. (laughs) Um, Like what's really cool about being mixed is the fact that our self-identification evolves over time. We kind of talked about that in the other episode. Um, but if you're a non-mixed person, like recognize that. Because the mixed people around you, that's a lot of grace mm-hmm. um, to give them. But I also like literally Googled advantages to being mixed. <laughs> this is how I Google things. Uh, and like a lot of cool things came up. And I don't want to share all of them. But one that I thought was really interesting, uh, because science... Um, was mental flexibility. So apparently mixed people are more creative before y'all come at us with pitchforks. Um, that doesn't mean to say that like non-mixed people can't be as creative. Uh, but they this study found that mixed people who are told that their multiple identities um, like exist to think about how they have different identities and how that could be like advantageous were more creative in tasks than people who weren't than even mixed people who were like not told about their multiplicity beforehand and like in the same token they also asked non-mixed people to think about their multiple identities so like say you're a student and an athlete and a daughter like that's really great and you you do a lot of things and then to go do a task they were equally as creative oh that's wonderful so instead of like putting these identities against each other like Mm -hmm. oh you can't be both you can't be all of this when you when we encourage people to accept all that they are 
they tap into something really special. Yeah, and um, apparently, like, we can switch seamlessly between our racial identities, which I think we talk about a little bit with code switching, um, but I think that ability to do that, like, really helps in our, our way to be adaptable and our way to survive, really, oh, so long. yeah, no, I definitely, definitely feel that at my core. Yes. <laughs> like, I, I just know, um, I know people's energy, right? Like, I know... Uh, because white people and black people, they definitely express themselves in different ways. And a lot of times white and black people don't know that about each other. Mm-hmm. Right. So like if a black person is mad, the way that they express it might be the complete opposite of how a white person expresses that they're mad. But me, because I have two parents who've been mad at me before, both <laughs> black and white, I can pick up on that like pretty seamlessly. Yeah. I think it's really cool to just to to see the resiliency that this identity has and how like we have to be creative just to like really thrive in this society. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. We asked people, we asked not all of the mixed people who follow us on social media, but a good chunk um, and whoever responded. So we wanted to share what they had to say because it was hard for us to think of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I'm proud to be mixed because I think it allows me to see the world through multiple perspectives. Um, The perspectives of my parents being from their two unique racial identities as well as through my own racial identity as a biracial person. Um, I think in the end that makes me more empathetic and adaptable in certain situations and overall a better communicator. My hair, I love my hair. It's a connection between me and my beautiful black ancestors. As a lighter woman of color, I'm sometimes red as white, so my hair has been a solid force in recognizing and appreciating my mixed identity. I also love the community that comes with being mixed. We're gaining representation, people are sharing their stories and experiences, they're feeling comfortable embracing who they are, and what's not to love about that. I never thought this would happen, but I'm extremely happy that it is. When I think about the things that I love about being mixed, it always kind of circles back to the same ideas. The first would be, you know, the mixed community, uh, the multiracial community slash transracial, transnational adoptee community. Uh, We all kind of just get it. There's um, a lot that comes with being a mixed individual and it's hard to kind of explain or like enlighten other individuals about those feelings, but you don't have to do that with other mixed individuals. It just comes naturally. Um, The second would be my hair. Um, I love it. I fight with it, but I love it. And kind of tying back to that first point, um, it's just such a point of conversation with other mixed individuals. um, And it's another point of community building, but it's really a huge part of my identity um, and always has been as far as I can remember. And the third part would be that um, I think I really have a better sense of cultural understanding, like kind of a split view, as cliche as that sounds, that I definitely wouldn't have had if I hadn't grown up mixed. Like, you know, I can explain my experiences to other individuals and other individuals can explain their experiences to me. But if I hadn't, you know, kind of firsthand had a foot in each door or on either side of the line, as it were, um, I don't think I would have, you know, kind of this openness um, to differences and kind of intermixing relations and intermixing 
feelings that I have that come just inherently with, you know, growing up as an mixed individual. Expanded perspective is the best part of being mixed for me. Different races and cultures each have their own behavioral patterns and belief systems for navigating through life. I feel lucky to have exposure to multiple strategies for dealing with the human condition. Hey, this is Tay the Air Nomad, and what I love about my mixed identity is just being part of a global black culture that, for the most part, you know, welcomes me and who I am. Um, and I don't see me being mixed as separate uh, from being black. I see it as part of you know, the beautiful diversity of being a member of the global black culture. It's a good question. I'm still on my journey towards loving my mixed identity, but I have a few things to say. I love the flexibility my hair gives me. It can be straight and fly or curly and fierce. It can be up and tight or down and just right. My hair is a mixed girl blessing. One thing that I absolutely love about being mixed is how much it's forced me to really explore my own identity. And I think one thing, it's like going to college, you really start to figure out who you are and all that. But I think being mixed has added a total other layer of that for me. And it just, I mean, it automatically kind of forces you to think more in depth about who you are and your place and all these aspects of your identity. And I think that that's, there's something so powerful about knowing yourself and figuring that out, especially, you know, at, a, at our age, being so young. And I think, I know, like, Kaya, you can speak to our group as well, like, our student group, and being able to, like, have these conversations with other mixed people is even more empowering, because as we're all kind of figuring out our own identities, um, we can talk to each other, and we can learn from each other's experiences and validate each other, and, you know, we have all these, these great, rich conversations you know, not just about ourselves internally, but also, like, you know, how we relate to other people and society and, like, much larger things. And I think there's so much greatness that just comes out of that um, that I really just, I don't really have that connection and I don't have that ability to have those conversations with my other friends that aren't mixed. Um, and I think that the re reflection that I've done with myself is is directly because I am mixed and all of that internal work that I've done again, just, yeah, relates to being mixed, which I, I just love because I feel like I have such a better um, sense of who I am and more confidence in my identity and who I am, which I think is just so helpful moving forward with my, my life and careers and all that stuff. So that is definitely one thing that I love about being mixed. I feel that since I grew up with parents of different cultural backgrounds, I was able to have a deeper understanding of both sides, which allows me to connect with people on each equally rather than just one. Although that can also be flipped to a negative sometimes because I may not be fully accepted on either side because I'm not fully one or the other. I also think being mixed gives me more empathy towards others since I feel that I am connected with many races, cultures. However you want to put it, in some way, I just want to be the best for everybody. Oh, and my curly hair. One thing I love about my mixed identity is the ability to learn how to navigate different spaces was learned very early on. So I learned what was socially acceptable in white spaces versus black spaces as a young child. I also think that not sharing a racial identity with your parents forces you to find and hopefully accept your identity independently. We're going to have experiences that our family members will not and vice versa and we have to learn how to deal with that on our own. 
One of the things that I love the most about being mixed is there's so much history in both sides of the family and they are both so special in their own way. What I find the coolest is that I am what joins both of the parts together. Something that I love about my mixed race identity is that it has allowed me to become more self-aware. I feel like being mixed causes me to constantly learn more about myself and my history, but also allows me to be more conscious of how my identity plays into my day-to-day experiences. Another thing that I love about being mixed is how comfortable I feel being around people of other cultures and races. It's also nice being able to blend into so many groups because of my mixed race. I know that some people feel uncomfortable being around people that are different from them. However, I am fortunate enough to have a family that loves me unconditionally and taught me to celebrate the traits that make me unique. I think that growing up with those kinds of role models has helped me relate a lot better to other people throughout my life. I had access to the traditions, values, and cultures of two distinctly different groups of people and felt like I got to more actively choose who I was, what I believed, and where I felt at home. My mixed identity has proven to be a method for me to understand everything about myself better. Although it is often confusing and difficult, it forces me to take a look at myself every single day and to grow no matter how hard it can be. Through that growth, I've learned that identity is not binary, that racial identity is complicated, but also a way to connect and build solidarity, and that my ancestors have led me to this place to create these connections and advocate for social justice. That was beautiful. Yeah, it was really good hearing those perspectives. Mm-hmm. And I thank everyone for like sharing that and being vulnerable. Like we volunteer to do this, you know, yeah. to be vulnerable to public. But it was really nice of, of other people to share their thoughts. Yeah, and it's also interesting to hear kind of where people overlap and mm-hmm. share those experiences. And then also sometimes where people differ. Right, because yeah, some, some of those I was like, oh, I don't feel that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Uh, I thought that it was kind of funny that like hair is always a theme that comes up with mixed people. Black and white mixed people in particular. <laughs> yeah, that's really true. That's really, it's really true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it was really important for me to hear what other people have to say. But then like I was thinking if I hadn't heard this podcast and if I was me like 10, 15 years ago, what would have been helpful And I think it would have been just like really looking up to more people who are in the media, who are mixed, who are great people. Yeah. Yeah. People who are kind of, you know, coming to terms with who they are, Mm -hmm. making conscious decisions of like, okay, this is what I'm going to take and this is what I'm going to leave. Because I think that's what like all of life's lessons are really about is like you take what's for you and then you throw away the rest. Yes. So who are those people? You know, like this is just so you all know, because I'm sure someone will make a comment. Uh, the people that came to my mind just so happened to be other black and white people. Yes, um, but obviously multiracial people come in many different shades and flavors. Yeah, <laughs> and there are more, but these are just some people when I think of, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have like Langston Hughes, obviously. Yes, we love a good Langston. We do. Barack Obama. He's my man. Yes. Meghan Markle, I put her on there because I was like, you know... She counts. And she's really, like, widely known now. Also, yeah, I feel like she's one of those, um, like, biracial black white people who is, she, you know, she'd be hanging out with the white people. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I she, mean, she's she up in that castle. In the castle. <laughs> she's like, I don't even think they call it the castle. <laughs> like, the pinnacle of white people. <laughs> Wait, what do they call it? The kingdom, right? Or no? What, what do they call the palace. palace. The palace. The palace. God. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Keep going. Who else? Keegan Michael Key. I did yes. not know that. I did not know that. What? Have you not? Okay. Nope, I haven't. This is everybody. Go and watch. What's it on? Hulu? 
go and watch. Key uh, and Peele? Yeah, Key and Peele. Yeah, that's on Hulu. Because they, like, and so I also have Jordan Peele underneath Also that. didn't know. Because all they talk about on their show is being mixed. Oh, for real? Yeah, so it's really, really cool. Like, they oh, talk about hilarious. it all the time. Well, uh, shout out to them. Yeah, because their comedy is, like, really central for um, their mixed identity. Oh, oh, don't forget about our girl, Tracy Ellis Ross. Who just came out with her own hair care line. And not to mention the new show, Mixedish, which is supposed to be based off of her character as Bo on Blackish. She's on fire right now. She's on fire. Oh my God. She's amazing. She's amazing. She's mom. <laughs> yes. She's my Instagram oh mom. Oh my God. Seriously. <laughs> Trevor Noah. Like, come on. We love Trevor Noah. Classic. Yes. And also, that's interesting too. We didn't touch on it earlier. <gasps> no, but, we didn't. But yeah, since he comes from South Africa, being mixed there is like an entirely different experience mm-hmm. from, from what I know about, you know, the apartheid history. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually called uh, mixed people their coloreds. I think that's probably derogatory. I don't know if they still right. use that terminology. Right. Um, but, you know, during apartheid, it was very distinct, like, access, who, where you can go, um, where you can be seen, what privileges you have based on whether you were white, black, or colored. So that was, like, a separate racial category, whereas here, being mixed usually means you default to the darker shade. Yeah, that's so interesting. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, can't forget... Yara Shahidi. Yes, Minneapolis native. Oh, my gosh, love her. Yes. What's, what is she made out of? Iranian and black. What? Yeah. What flavor? I know, she's cool. <laughs> oh, love her yeah she's a fashion icon seriously and speaking of fashion icons you put this name on the list and i was like no you're lying <laughs> naomi campbell is i'm next. not lying oh, i know you're not i mean i hope you're not that'd be crazy she's chinese and black i know I and she's iconic shook. oh chinese and jamaican i'm sorry jamaican let me clarify what what exact category of black she is <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I had absolutely no idea. And she, oh God, I, I don't know. I still look at her. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't see the Chinese, but. But you don't need to. <laughs> you're right. You're yeah. Right. That's not the point of this. <laughs> and then Naomi Osaka. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We actually, we talked about her in one of our earlier episodes. Our least favorite episode. Yeah, so don't, don't go listen, listen to, to it. But uh, <laughs> she's Japanese nation. Yeah. That is just so, so dope. Yeah. To see all of these people in the media. Which also, I think like in theory, having mixed babies is like, honestly, the best thing you can probably do for the world. Um, cause it's, it's, you're crossing borders, you're crossing cultures, you're, you're boiling things down. You're really getting that melting pot that we once dreamed of. Um, as long as you're not, you know, shunning any of these identities, but you know, in reality, the fact that like I'm here now means, I don't know, maybe I can teach white people about one more thing, you one know, more thing they should do. I, like reproduce responsibly. Yes. You know? Yeah. I want a shirt that says that. We can make some. We, we know a guy. Like drink responsibly, but like reproduce responsibly because mm-hmm. it's like, don't just be out here trying to make mixed babies yeah, yeah. for the fun of it. We're not, but, we're not art. We are, but we're not. But so. I definitely support everything you just said. Let's not do nothing. Let's not do nothing. So this is our call to action. Don't you feel called? (laughs) Don't you? I felt called to make that with you. I love that. Me too. We really... Okay. So (laughs) we chose the the phrase, let's not do nothing, because sometimes it feels like too overwhelming to be like, you can do this, you can do this, you can do that, and this, and... And like almost like 
why aren't you doing those things? You right, know? right. So instead, like, let's just not do nothing. Let's do it li- at least a little bit. Yeah, and it's okay to take steps. So I split this one up, uh, which I don't think we'll do that every time. No. But I just thought it was, like, relevant to have things for mixed people to do and have things for non-mixed people to do. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're very different. We're yeah. all unique. We're all unique. Yeah. Um, so first for the mixed people, my mixed fam out there. Hey. Hey. Uh, there's, read this article, which is where I got most of this information from. Um, and also it was just like a great confidence booster. Mm. Like there's a lot of really good, like scientific studies done. Also just like testimonies. There's beautiful portraits of different mixed people who aren't like, they don't even talk about them being mixed. It's just like, Mm -hmm. Like, so-and-so plays basketball, like, every day, like, whatever. Like, things like that. So I yeah. thought that was pretty cool. Oh, my God. Those people are absolutely gorgeous. Gorge. Like, it's a beautiful article. And Yeah, and they're also, they're not just, like, black-white no. people. It's, like, um, lots of different mixtures. You know, like, when you get Kool-Aid flavors and, like, you're, like, you're just so used to mixing just lemonade and, like, cherry? Uh-huh. No, they've got, like, blue raspberry ice with grape yeah okay oh oh oh, yeah some lime in there with some lemon I don't know it's (laughs) it's new flavors you never thought could be possible but they still taste delicious yeah but there's definitely like there's obviously so many different types of mixed people out there and our podcast is just from our perspective being black and white and even like we are different so Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say it again so you don't forget at the end of the podcast um but then also I found that like having a community of mixed people was really helpful for me in my self-identification and even just like working through my experiences and feeling validated. Like I felt really alone. Yeah. I mean, I've always had mixed friends, but like to have so many mm-hmm. was just like, dang, right. This is awesome. And honestly, I feel like it's, it's one of those things where it's like, if you set intentions, like I want to be around more multiracial people, mm-hmm. you will find them. Yeah. You know, you put that out there, you will find them. They are everywhere in this city. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> we are bees. We, we are like, swarming you. All the time. There's no <laughs> getting out of it. Yeah. There's a, a, if you're within like the Midwest region, we have like a really cool group is called Midwest Mixed and they do these like cohorts monthly and also a yearly conference, um, which is pretty cool. And then you just meet so many mixed people, but it's also fun to be like, oh, hey. I didn't know you were mixed and like all these people that you know yeah, like yeah. are also mixed um so find that community like if you're at the University of Minnesota there's a multiracial student union is a good option um but and, yeah and if for some reason you can't find an organization near you like I said just put it out there and and sit at lunch with the people who who are multiracial because literally we're everywhere and like you were saying sometimes you don't even know until you start having those conversations this is secretly our rally cry for our army we're gonna build of mixed people Girl, don't tell nobody. <laughs> We're recruiting. Yes. Um, so if you want to <laughs> join the efforts. But if you, like, don't feel comfortable, like, putting yourself out there, go talk to somebody who you're paying to listen to you. Yeah, we love a good therapist. We love a good therapist. And literally all I did was I Googled um, support for multiracial people. And I found this article, which will put on the blog uh, for therapists who specialize in racial identity. And this is good for non-mixed people of color as well. Yes. It's yeah. so important that if you are looking towards therapy that you find someone who really can sit and understand your racial identity because a lot of times the trauma that we experience, it's deeply related to our race. Yeah. And you need to sit and feel comfortable that your therapist won't sit there and be like, this crazy ass black person <laughs> you never want to feel that way no. not your therapist especially when you're paying them Mm-mm, you're paying them to make you feel good yeah 
But it'll also help you if you're having a hard time sitting down and being like, what do I love about my identity? Find that person who can help you identify that. Yes. Yeah. For my non-mixed people, because we're not forgetting about you, um, there's like really cool articles out there for like literally lists of ways you can support multiracial people. I also just Googled like how to support multiracial people and it came right up. Uh, So there's like five different steps, which I thought were pretty good. So we'll link that in there too. Um, It also just gives more history to multiracial people. Um, And then also there's this MPR, M, not N, MPR um, podcast where they talk about being mixed. And I thought that that was also good that we'll link in there as well. Um, And then here's a bonus one. I don't know. Just think Mm -hmm. about it. Um, If you follow one of those accounts that is just about mixed babies, maybe don't do that so much. (laughs) Thanks for listening. That That was great. So please follow us. Yes. At the Mixed Feelings Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Yeah. What else do we have? Oh, we've got a website. We have a website at themixedfeelingspodcast.com where we're going to put our blogs. We'll link to great resources we talk about in episodes. And also feel free to reach out to us either through direct message or directly through our website. Yep. Peace. Bye. <laughs>